Well, we are, um, we're continuing in our series, um, A Good God in, in a Broken World. And, and basically what we're talking about is how we respond to difficulty. Um, how we respond to the things that, that knock us down in life. And, and, and Dale started with the story of Noah um, two weeks ago. And then last week we started looking at the story of Job. And today we're going to continue to look at the story of Job. So I want to just give you a quick recap of where we were last week in the story of Job. Just so you can catch up. If you haven't read the story of Job, it's a, it's a challenging scripture to read. It's not an easy it's not an easy read, and it, honestly, it's, it, it brings up a lot of questions. But, but just to catch you up, um, at the beginning of the story of Job, it talks about how righteous Job is and how good Job is, and, and, and Satan comes before God and the other angels, and God says, have you seen Job, my servant? He, he's righteous. There's nobody like him. And, and Satan says, well, the only reason he's like that is because you bless him. Because you've given him everything he needs. Because his life is great. That's the only reason why he's righteous and why he worships you. And so what we see in the story is that, that, that then uh, God says that's not true. And, and says, you, you know, go ahead and test it. And so Satan goes and takes away a lot of the blessings, almost all of the blessings that Job has in his life. And last week, we talked about the fact that through this, this story of Job, through the wrestling, through, through the voicing um, of his frustrations and complaints, one of the things that, that Job comes to is that God is God and Job is not. And, and if there was a catchphrase last week, it was that the world does not revolve around us, no matter how much we think it does. God is God. We are just people. We have no control over anything. And this all does not revolve around us. But the good news we heard last week is this, that even though the world does not revolve around us, even though we're fairly insignificant, even though we have zero control over what's going on around us, the God who the world does revolve around, the good God in a broken world, chooses to love us and to invite us into relationship with him. But as we see in the book of Job, this is a process. And so I want us to talk about this process. Today what I'm really concerned about, because it's, it's easy to say God is God and we are not, so just let God be God, but, but it's difficult when we're going through tough things. And, and I know for a fact that there are a lot of people in here this morning that are just struggling. I know for a fact that there are a lot of you in here that are going through difficult times, whether it's physically, whether it's relationally, whether it's dealing with loss. I know that, I know that there are a lot of people here that would feel like maybe they were a little bit like Job. They were alone. They were struggling. And, and I want to tell you, if that's not you today, if you're in a good place, if you're in a place that everything seems like it's, it's going well, I, wa I want you to hear from God's word because I think we can learn this when things are going well so that when things aren't going well, because the truth is every one of us will experience difficulty and pain and suffering at some point in our life. And if we will learn from God's word and we will learn from Job, we will be prepared to worship God through it. And so today I want to talk about how we respond to difficulty, how we respond to suffering. 
On Saturdays, I talk about this every once in a while, we have a, a men's prayer group that meets at 8 o'clock. We meet in the, in the back foyer of the church and we just sit around and we, we talk about what's going on in our lives and we talk about the things that, that we need prayer for and, and we pray for some of you that are going through difficult things. But, but there was a comment made this week that I thought was pretty amazing and it probably sums up the way that a lot of us feel a lot of the time. One of the guys that was there said, we, we, he was talking about these prayer requests that he has, and it seems like he's been going through these things for a long time. And he said, I kind of feel like my prayer requests are way down in God's stack that he has to get to. Like God's got this big stack on his desk, and, and I know that my prayer requests aren't at the top of his priority list. How many of you have felt that way before? Like there... I want to be honest with you, yesterday as we were praying, we were just listing the things that, that we needed to pray for, and man, it's heavy the amount of things that just that group of six of us are dealing with. And, and then there's about six other guys that are a part of that, and there, there's a lot of stuff going on, and there's a lot of hurt, and there's a lot of pain. And honestly, I know some of you have been struggling for a long time, and so I want us to hear from from Job's story today, and, and maybe you're feeling like your prayer requests and your situation and your pain just isn't that high of a priority for God right now, I want you to hear from God today. And so we're going to look into Job's story, and we want to talk about how to respond in the midst of facing difficulties. So I want to remind you that what's said of Job at the beginning of Scripture by God is that there's no one like him. He's righteous. Like, this is a this is an amazing follower of Christ. This is a righteous man, Job. I, think about if God said there is no one like him, this guy is, he's, he's a man of faith. He's what we would call a saint. He is, he's got it together, right? Well, we're going to pick it up in, in chapter 1, and I'm going to read some scriptures that we read last week, but I want to look at them a little bit deeper. And so as I, as I read last week, Job does start in a pretty good place. His attitude is pretty good. And so I want to pick it up in chapter 1, verse 20 through 22. It says this, and this is after things have been taken away from Job. His life was great. And then we have that conversation that I talked about earlier. And then all of a sudden, things start getting stripped away. He starts losing loved ones. He loses his business. He loses his life. He loses everything around him. And so it says at this, Job got up and he tore his robe and he shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked will I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. So I, I want you to hear what happens here. This is pretty incredible stuff. All of these things have been taken away from Job, and he, he's lost almost everything. And he's, what does he do? What is his response? It says that he tears his clothes and he shaves his head. That was actually a sign of mourning in that day. When you would go through difficult things or when you would be hurting, you would tear your clothes, you would shave your head. That was, that was a normal reaction. But what I think is really important is what it says next. Then he fell to the ground in worship. He fell to the ground in worship. And he says, 
The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. The name of the Lord is to be praised. How many of you feel like you would respond if you lost everything in your life by worshiping God and by saying, the name of the Lord be praised? How many of you feel like you could do that? I don't. Oftentimes, my response, in fact, I'm going to talk a little bit later about, you know, Megan and I and, and kind of my response to difficulty is usually to, to shut down. My response to difficulty is usually to, to just kind of close down and not want to deal with it and to feel bad about myself. And to, Job's response is to fall to the ground and worship and to say, the Lord has given, the Lord has taken away, but the name of the Lord is to be praised. There's a few things that Job gets right here. Number one, he goes to God. When all of this is taken away, when things don't go his way, he doesn't, he doesn't go hide in a corner. He doesn't go try to fix everything himself. He falls to the ground and worship. Now, I want to talk about that word worship because when we think about worship, we think about singing great songs and being happy and having a smile on our face and raising our hands. I don't think that's the worship that this is talking about. I think what this is talking about is the worship of opening his heart and coming before God and crying out. Did you know that worship is more than what we're doing here this morning? That when you open your heart to God in prayer, you are worshiping? That when you cry out to God when you're hurting, that's worship? And it says Job fell to the ground, and he probably didn't sing, Great is thy faithfulness, and he probably didn't sing, Kumbaya. He, he was hurting, and he worshiped God through it by opening his heart to God. And so the first thing we see is that he goes to God with his difficulty and he falls to the ground and worship. And then the, the second thing that it says is that he did not sin because he did not curse God. You may remember last week in the next chapter, his wife is going to get into the mix and she's going to say, Job, why are you still following this God that clearly isn't with you? Why are you still following this God that's hurting you? You should turn your back on God and curse God. And Job, you'll remember this from last week, says, you're being silly, you're being foolish. God is to be praised. And so the first thing we see is that when Job encounters difficulty, he reacts by falling to the ground in worship and the second thing is, he has the right view of God, that God is God, and he is not, and he does not turn his back on God. We'll see throughout, in just a minute, we're going to see in another passage that, that he, he doubts, and he struggles, and he complains, and honestly, he gets some things wrong in his crying out. But what we see is that he never turns his back on God. Even in questioning and voicing his struggles, Job never curses God. He never turns from God. Where does Job turn? Job turns to God. And so the first thing I want to get to today is this. If you are in that place, if you are struggling, the first response you should have and the response you should have over and over and over again is to turn to God and worship, to turn to God, because as we talked about last week, God is God and we are not, and, and here's the truth. On your own, you cannot control the things around you. On your own, you cannot have salvation. You cannot bring blessings on yourself. You can't do it. 
but God is God. And so Job understands, as we talked about last week, that the only hope he has for life and peace is through God. And so when we struggle, we don't turn away from God, we turn to God. And so if you're hurting today, it starts with worship by turning to God. Job is well ahead of where I would be, this whole, may the name of the Lord be praised. I'm going to be honest with you, that, that, that would be difficult for me. And, and Job was a righteous man, as we heard, but then we get into the middle chapters of Job, and I want to read one of the passages for you. This is when he starts to struggle a little bit, and he's still crying out to God. So this is chapter 13, verses 20 to 24, and I want you to listen to what he says, and then I want to talk about the, the things that he's saying that maybe aren't true, but I want to talk about something really important with this passage. So Job 13, 20 to 24, it says, only grant me these two things, God, that, and then I will not hide from you. Withdraw your hand far from me and stop frightening me with terrors. Then summon me and I will answer, or let me speak and you reply to me. How many wrongs and sins have I committed? Show me my offense and my sin. And in verse 24, why do you hide your face and consider me an enemy? So Job loses everything, and at first his response is, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. May the name of the Lord be praised. He's in a good place. But by chapter 13, we see Job really crying out and saying, God, you've turned on me. You're... Why am I your enemy? What have I done? And, and I, what he says in this passage, the reason, the, the, the reason I read this to you is because I want you to see that Job was not always perfect. Job was not always right, but his heart was in the right place. So let's just look at that. What did, he, what did he say that isn't true? Well, number one, he says, withdraw your hand from me. Stop frightening me with your terrors. If you read Job, you understand it's not God that's bringing terror to, jo to Job. It's Satan. And so he has a misconception because, like I said last week, when things go wrong, we think it's got to be God torturing me, punishing me. That's not the case. And so he's wrong in this argument. And then he goes on and he says towards the end, show me my offense and my sin. Why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy? If you read Job, you would understand that God in no way considers Job his enemy. God loves Job. In fact, the whole thing starts with God saying, check out my boy Job. He's amazing. He's righteous. He's awesome. God isn't against Job. But let's be honest, when things don't go our way, when we experience loss, when we experience pain, and maybe there's a prolonged time of pain and suffering, it's easy to think that, that God's against us. But Job cries out. Later, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that Job feels like he doesn't deserve what he's getting. I've been good, I've been righteous, but, but I'm not getting the reward for that. And so once again, he's wrong in his arguments. And I wanted to point these things out because I think this is so important for us to understand. And I think this is something that, that we get wrong in the church sometimes. And so I want us to, to hear a very important truth that we see in the book of Job. And that's this. God is far more concerned with Job's worship and authenticity than he is with Job's always being right 
and perfect. Did you hear me? You may want to write this down. God is far more concerned with Job's heart and Job's worship and Job's authenticity than God is with Job getting every little thing right and being perfect. This is important for us because I think in the church sometimes we think we can't struggle. We do struggle, but we think we can't let God know that we struggle and we think we can't let each other know that we struggle. We think we've got to have it all together. We can't show any weakness. We can't admit that, that we're struggling, that we're doubting. But we see from Job, the righteous man, the one, there's none other like him in all the earth. We see from Job that he gets to the point that he's just crying out and he's not right in everything he says. But his heart is in the right place because he's not turning from God, he's turning to God. And so I want you to understand this today. If you're feeling like you're in a tough place, if you're feeling like you're in a difficult spot, if you've got questions, if you've got doubts, if, if you've got frustrations, it is much less important that you have it all figured out and put on a good show for God. It is much more important that you open your heart to God in honesty and be authentic before God. Crying out to God, we see crying out to God as a, as a lack of faith. But crying out to God is not a sign of a lack of faith. It is faith directed towards God in struggle. This is important. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian if you doubt sometimes. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian if you struggle sometimes. Christians call out to God. And guess what? We, we think we've got to have it all figured out before we go to God. i got my get myself nice and cleaned up. i got to get everything figured out. i got to know exactly what I'm going to say and say it right. I think this is a big issue with prayer. Some people don't want to pray because they're afraid they'll pray wrong. I think God wants to hear from you. I think God wants to speak to you. And I think it's much more important that we turn to God than that we get everything right. So we need to cry to God. In fact, crying out to God is not only okay, but it's a part of who we are as Christians. The story of God's people is that we cry out to God. Think about these people in Scripture. The Israelites, who we talk about a lot from the Old Testament, God's chosen people. Do you know what the word Israel means? To struggle, to wrestle to wrestle with God, and so to contend. And so the Israelites' very name comes from wrestling with God. Jacob, who is renamed Israel, wrestles with God. And it says he is given a new identity. That identity is Israel. He wrestled with God. So Jacob wrestled with God. He struggled. Moses, when God calls Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, Moses wrestles with God. He struggles. He says, no, I'm not, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. And he wrestles with God. King David, who is, who is called a man after God's own heart, struggles and wrestles with God. In the Psalms, we see it over and over through Scripture. In fact, on the cross, Jesus calls out and says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Crying out does not mean we're not Christians. Crying out is exactly what we're supposed to do when we struggle. And so good news today, if you're hurting, just cry out to God. Just open your heart to God. 
turn to God, but too often, too often we think we can't do that. So I, I see a couple problems with not being authentic and open with God. I want to share these with you. Number one, when we're not authentic with God, when we try to hide our pain, when we try to hide our struggles, number one, it teaches us to be fake Christians. It teaches us to put on a show. And if you read scripture, you'll see over and over again that God is not interested in a bunch of phony Christians. God is not interested in a bunch of people that pretend to be something they're not. God wants us to be open and honest. And so when we refuse to cry out, when we refuse to lament, it teaches us to be fake. Number two, it leads to a lack of intimacy and understanding of God. When you're not willing to cry out when you're struggling, when, when you try to pretend that something's going on that's not, when you try to be something that you're not, it keeps you from being like Christ. This is important. Crying out to God is not a sign that you lack faith. Crying out to God is a, a sign that you have faith. And when we cry out, we come to know God. Crying out to God in honesty leads us to a deeper relationship and a greater understanding of who God is and who we are. And, and so I, I know I'm going on and on, but, but we blow this all the time in the church. And we think we've got to get this perfect I talked about my relationship with Megan. One of the things that, that happens a lot is I told you, when I get upset, I tend to shut down. I've told you this before. You've heard this before. I tend to not want to talk about things. I tend to want to just go do my thing. And a question that comes up over and over again is Megan will say, are you upset? Are you mad at me? And I say, no, I'm good. And she says, no, you're upset. What's wrong? What's going on? And I say, no, I'm good. No, just leave me alone. It's cool. Everything's good. And she says, I know you're upset. Come on, tell me. I've told you this before, and I, usually I finally say, I'm going to be upset if you keep asking me. But a lot of the time, I'll be honest, I am upset. And I'm dealing with it the wrong way. And here's the thing. When I'm upset about something, and I go into my little hole, and I decide I'm not going to communicate, and I'm not going to be open, and I'm not going to be honest, do you know what doesn't get solved? The problem. And you know who, what doesn't grow is our relationship. But when I open myself up and I share my frustrations and my struggles, it brings us closer together. We do this with God. Man, if we will just open our hearts to God, it, it takes us deeper. It helps us to know God more. And it helps us get a handle on the situation. And so crying out to God in honesty leads us to a deeper relationship and greater understanding. I want to read this. This is from last week. It's not going to be on the screen, but, but what we see in the story is that Job goes through all this. His friends come, and, and they give him arguments, and they tell him he's messed up, and he says, no, I'm not, and they say, you clearly sinned, and they, they try to solve his problems, and they do a terrible job of it, and in the end, God comes and speaks to Job, and, and we talked about this last week. Basically, God says, I am God, and you are not and in, in chapter 42, verses 1 through 6, this is Job's response at the end. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is it that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you will answer me. And then this line, 
My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Think about this. This is Job, the righteous man of God. There's none other like him in all the earth. This is good old Christian guy Job. Mr. Saint, Mr. I've got it all together, Job. And he goes through difficulty and he cries out and he struggles and and he doubts and he voices it to God. And, And here's the crazy thing about this. He comes to the realization that he needs to put all of his worship and all of his trust and all of his hope in God. And he says, I had heard of you before, but now I've seen you. And Job repents. Now, earlier it said Job never sinned by turning against God, but Job repents of, a, of an attitude. And he humbles himself before God. And we see Job, this is the coolest thing about this. The problem has not been solved. Job has not gotten everything fixed in his life. Job hasn't even gotten answers from God as to why things are happening. So he's crying out. He's saying, why, God? What's going on? God doesn't give him the answer. And God hasn't figured out the problem for him and fixed it for him yet. But Job comes to the place where he says, I had heard of you. Now I've seen you. And Job, the righteous man of God, the holy man of God, the one that there's none other like him, comes before God and says, I, I, I bow before you, I humble myself before you, and I repent. And Job grows in his faith through crying out and through struggling. And, and so, so I'm not going to sit here today and I'm not going to tell you that if you're going through a difficult time, everything's going to be okay and everything's going to work out exactly like you want it to. If you have health problems and you've been struggling for years, I'm not going to sit here today and say, if you'll just cry out to God, God's going to snap his fingers and make it all go away and everything's going to be fine. I'm not going to tell you that today because that's not necessarily what we see in Job. But what we see in Job is that as, as Job cries out to God, he, he gets a deeper understanding and a deeper relationship with God, and he understands that God is God, and his only hope is God, and so he puts all his trust in God. Listen, today, if you're struggling, if you're hurting, the best thing you can do is to cry out to God. You could try to figure out out your problems on your own. You could try to fix yourself before you go to God. It's not going to work. You could try to pretend that you're okay. You can try to go get other people to fix your problems. It's not going to work. The only hope you have is in crying out honestly in worship to God. And so today, that's, that's what we have to do. I was thinking about those characters in Scripture that I talked about earlier that wrestled with God. What was the result of the wrestling? They became everything that God had called them to be. They grew closer to God. And they fulfilled the role that God had for them and were a huge part of what God was doing in the world. And so chapter 42, verse 7 says this, After the Lord had said these things to Job, he, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken truth about me, but, my, but as my servant Job has. We saw earlier, Job didn't always get it right. Job didn't have it all figured out. Job wasn't perfect. He blew it. He said things that were wrong. He wasn't perfect. 
But what God's saying here is Job's heart was in the right place. And he cried out openly to me. And so that, that's what it's all about. And so, so as we close the service today, I, I want to invite you to open your heart to God. I want to invite you to be authentic before God. There, there are these psalms. I talked about psalms. There's, there's a lot of different psalms, and there's a lot of different kinds of psalms. One of the kinds of psalms that we see is a psalm of lament. And what a psalm of lament is is exactly what Job is going through. When you're struggling, this is the psalmist's way of voicing, crying out to God in their struggle. So, so I just want to do this really quickly, but I want to read through Psalm 142. And I want to give you a pattern for how you can cry out to God. So, so let's look at it. Verse 1 says, this is addressing God and crying out. It says, I cry out to you, Lord. I lift my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is, to you, who, it is you who watch over my way. And then it moves in into the problem. It says, in, my, in the path where I walk, you, people have hidden a snare for me. People are out to get me. Look and see, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. And so we have addressing God. We have crying out. And then we have stating the problem. And then in verse 5, we see him say this. I cry to you, Lord, and I say, you are my refuge my portion in the land of the living. And so what the psalmist does here is he cries out and he states his problem, but then he, he confesses trust in God. And then he petitions God in verse 6, Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. And then the last thing that happens is, is expressing the confidence in God. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me, and God is praised. I read that to you just so that you have a good model of how you can cry out to God. When you're struggling, just open your heart and address God. Get, pour out your struggles and your concerns, but then don't forget that God is God and God is good. And so then express your trust in God, make your petition to God, and then worship God. So, so Adam's going to come up here at the end, and, and I know that all of you aren't in the place where you feel like doing this. I know some of you are in a good place, but here's the thing. I think it's beneficial for us to learn to do this. And so as we close the service, Adam's going to you know, play music and sing a song for us. But what I want you to do is I want you to open your heart to God. If you're struggling today, I want you to open your heart, and I want you to cry out, and I want you to pour out the pain and the hurt that's inside of you. And if that's not you, here, here's the thing. I can promise you that within four or five rows of you, there's somebody who's in that place. I can promise you that each and every one of you knows somebody, a family member, a friend, a coworker, that's struggling like Job was struggling. There, there are some things we're going to put up on the screen of people who, who are struggling. And I want to ask you today to just open your heart, be open and honest, and to cry out to God. To say, God, I don't have it all down. I don't know it all. I don't, I'm not perfect. And honestly, I don't even know about this or this, and I'm struggling. But God, you are God. 
And I will worship you today by being honest with you today. Listen, as, as he plays the song and sings, I want to invite you to pray. If you're representing your own struggles, I want to invite you just to lift them up to God. If not, I want to invite you to think of others. I want, you to, I want to invite you to cry out to God on behalf of others, on the people around you, the people in your family, the people you work with. I want you to cry out to God. And I want you to say, God, it's all in your hands because you are God and I'm not. As, as we sing, these altars are open. If you want to come and represent pain and hurt, if you want to come and represent some of these things, if you want to represent people around you that are struggling, feel free to come to an altar. But if not, I want you right where you are to just close your eyes and to open your heart and to pour your heart out honestly and authentically to God.